0: an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you guys, so let's just start out in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for our wonderful time to spend time with you, to worship with you, to praise you, and to just, we just give you all glory. We thank you for our chance to get together to share your word. And I just ask you to let your anointing flow through me and land on listening ears. And I hope that there will be a revelation that hit them the way it has hit me and just bring alive the way you see us. To each and every one of us this evening. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know what? I didn't save one for me. Someone has one that says mine. There, you got mine. <laughs> I knew it had to be the first one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I may not even say hardly what's on there. I can tell you that. <laughs> Um, what I'm going to share with you um, this evening is, is, has uh, been, it's just something that's just been kind of a, I, I don't know, like a revelation in my life that has hit me so powerful. I can't explain it, and it just, and every time I say it to somebody, something different comes out. So if I don't follow this, <laughs> you've got the scripture to match what's coming out. <laughs> okay, but I can tell you, if you turn to the back, you'll see um, a picture of this palm tree cut down. And the reason I wanted to share this here is because it happened right here. Uh, James, James called me out and we were praying for somebody one day, standing right back there. And there's just a, a cut down palm tree. Okay. And uh, as soon as I looked at it immediately, I got, oh my gosh, that's our life. And so I printed it out for you bigs. I want you to look at that. Okay. So you can see do you see the layer is and layers and layers around this palm tree? Can you see it? I mean, it's almost like I wish I could blow it up big. But what it is, is in the very center is the solid palm tree. And God said to me, he's, he's told me before, he wants me to look at his children through his eyes. So when God looks at us, oh, you can blow it up. So, all right, so... What he sees is that center in the middle of that tree. Do you see that one circle part, right, where basically the mulch is there? Okay, so this center is the only thing that's solid. The rest of it is layers. You see that? So, But if you look at the whole entire outside, where the tree stands up, what's holding it, the whole base, the center is really only half of what that whole base is. Do you see that? Okay. So what this is, is the center is our spirit and God's looking at us at our spirit, Um, especially once we're saved. Once we're saved, he sees us as our spirit. He sees Christ in us and this is all he sees. The rest of it, he knows it's not you. Do you see? It's not even attached. Do you see how easy that you could pull those pieces away. It almost like I look at it and it's like I want to peel it. I can't even tell you you guys what this means to me because I had pictures made and they're by my desk. They're by my bed. They're everywhere. And tomorrow I have them coming of these three photos I'm going to show you made in wood because they got to be the first thing I look at when I wake up every morning. This is how big of a thing this is to me. And I hope that I can explain it to you the way God didn't say anything. Do you understand? I just looked at it, and it was all there. And one thing I can tell you about God, just like what I shared to you you know, before, and I tell you, sometimes he gives me revelations, and he gave me this other revelation, like opened up a whole chapter of a book to me, and it was like, I didn't earn this. Why did you give it to me? I don't get it. But I think he gives it to us at times in our life when we're not sitting there praying and fasting and expecting something. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like out of nowhere, I'm sitting here talking to him, and all of a sudden, there is who we are. There's our life. This tree stump explains everything of who we are. And so I think he wants us to know it's not by works. You get it? I'm God. I'm trying to show you, yes, I want you to walk with me, but he gives it to us when we're not. And I'm sure that you kind of understand what I'm saying. Sometimes what hits you, you're like, why now? You know? Okay, so he sees us. Now, this is you like, you know how an MRI sees you in parts? So this is like your trunk. You see? Cut. And this is our spirit on the inside. This is how he sees us. He sees us from the inside. And he doesn't even go to the outside. Do you see? He sees us from the inside because he sees Christ in us. That's who he sees. So I can guarantee you, we all sat here and sang this wonderful song, We Know Who We Are. And I really hope we know who we are. And we're not just singing it. And I hope if you didn't know who you are by the end of this evening, that you're going to really know who you are. Because... When God says to me, see my children through my eyes, if I can't see myself that way, how in the world am I going to look at somebody else, Amen. right? Amen. I can't because if I'm, you, if the most important thing is for you to start, and that's why it's important. I have to know who I am, how he sees me. And then when everybody was up here talking in January on 2020 about vision, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just got to share this because this is all about how god sees us and how we need to see others all right so what it is is our identity with god is in our spirit our identity with human world is not that's not where we place our identity at all and even with a lot of other christians it still isn't And you know why because nobody else is going to know your heart and your spirit. Only God does. And you may know it, but how many people here have probably felt like, you know, you've, you've done things in your life, or maybe you're going through a hard time, and in your heart you're, you're saying, nobody really knows who I am. Do you know there's a lot of people out there that have gone through such hard times they've stopped even wanting to let anybody know who they are because they felt like they're giving up because they feel like they can't get out. And why? Because there's so many walls. And one time I was praying and intercessing for some family and God gave Mike a word for me and he said, break down the walls of Jericho. And it was, I don't know if it was a month or a couple months later that this came. Because I was like, break down the walls of Jericho. I know there's walls, bondages, walls. Okay. Boy, did I have to start reading Joshua <laughs> over and over and over. How do I break these walls down? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Exactly what are you trying to say to me, God? But here's what he's trying to say. See, there's the walls. There's wall after wall after wall of things that we bring upon our life. And we think that everything we bring into our life, everything that forms our personality and our character, we, so many of us think it's us and who we are. Well, this is the way I've always been. Well, I didn't used to be this way, but you, we accept all of that as our identity. But what I can tell you is who this person right here is, is half the size of who it stands for and how it really is standing. But there's only part of that that's solid. Now, you stop and you think there's this palm tree as a whole tree. And if all of that is not solid, that means when it's swaying in the wind, there's a lot of flexibility there. Can you see that? Because it's not solid. There's only half of it that's actually solid. So we let the things that we've done in our life, with one sin after another after another, So many of us can say we forgive ourselves, but it keeps being brought back to us. And I don't know about you, I try not to keep repenting because I have to know who I am and kick him out. Do you see what I'm saying? But sometimes it'll get you out of nowhere and, you know, these thoughts that he's throwing to you and you start thinking that's really who I am. And we got to stop thinking, who am I? So can you show the whole one, Patrick? Okay, so... The whole palm tree right there, that one. This is how we look at people. This is how we see people, not the same way God sees people. That person's pretty rough. Has that person got some rough edges? Do you see what I'm saying? That person's pretty rough. And I see a lot of things there because I see a lot of finger pointing. (laughs) Do you see that? (laughs) You know, if my wife didn't leave me, if I didn't lose that job, but the reason why is because, you know, we, there's just all kinds of reasons why we have excuses, but it doesn't point back, <laughs> you know? There's a lot of finger pointing is what I see, and sometimes, seriously, if you look at somebody in the rough, it's very hard to know who they are. You have to get to know them, don't we? And even if you do, so many people put this type of of exterior image, actions out, that that's all we can receive. I I can tell you that's going to be pretty hard to hug. What do you think? Can you give a hug to that person? (laughs) That person has been rejected. It probably can't hug somebody very easy, and it certainly can't receive a good cozy, cozy hug. Do you see that? Okay, so it's amazing to me how we see people... But it's nothing at it, all. Oh, that's the exact same type of tree that's on the back. Because if you look at the bottom, you'll see all of those little prongs there. Okay? That's the exact same time. And but you see, when you look at this picture now, those little prongs, you see how easy those come off? The outside ones? Those come off real easy. Do you know you I could go up to them and probably pull and tug some of them off, right? I think sometimes we need help something some people need help getting some of it off so they can even kind of get a little haircut you know just we i think sometimes we think that we don't know how to get rid of these walls we don't know how and we just kind of live right there at what we are we're accepting it and what we need to do is we need to be one with Christ we need to understand who where is our identity? If our identity with God is only, only, only in our spirit, which is sealed by the Holy Spirit, why in the world do we not give dominion to our spirit? Our soul, which makes all of our decisions, can make a choice whether it's going to listen to the lust of the flesh, listen to its, the soul's feelings and emotions, or it can listen to to our spirit. And our soul has to make a decision. And we, in the natural, until we understand our spirit and who our spirit is and who we are, okay, we automatically are going to make decisions to listen to our feelings and follow them. We're going to follow what our body suggests it wants, correct? I mean, that's just, it's kind of natural the way we do it. Thank God that God looks at our heart, is all I can tell you. Um, uh, so 1 Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord saith unto Samuel, Look not unto his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So that sums that up right there, doesn't it? Of what God's looking at, and what we are, and it should give us a lot of hope of how we can tear down some of these walls. Uh, John 17, 22, 23. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect, may be made perfect in one. So I think we all know that that prayer in John 17 is the most. Uh, largest gift Jesus could ever ask for us, for us to be one with him. Okay, well, our spirit already is one with him. If you're born again, your spirit's already one with him. So we, it's up to us to grow, grow our spirit, okay, as our spirit is just like anything else we have, a seed that we need to grow. So instead of so much changing your soul and changing your body, because you're going to wear yourself out doing this, all right, you need to grow your spirit. Your spirit has got to overcome your soul and overcome your body and be made. There's no way that it can be made one without overcoming it. It needs to overshadow it. It needs to overpower it because your spirit needs to have dominion. Okay, and right now our spirit's in the middle. And so we've got to grow our spirit. And there's only one way to do that, isn't it? With the word of God. Just like what I shared with you last week, you know, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing through the dividing asunder. Okay, you guys, piercing through the dividing wall is what he's saying, okay? Through the spirit and the soul. This is the word of God that has to pierce through the soul and get into it. All right. And then it has to pierce through the soul and go into the joints and the marrow where all of our blood cells are made. Guess what's inside there? Our DNA of who we are. Okay. So we have to pierce through. The Word of God has to pierce through. Oh, just like um, I think it's 2 Timothy uh, when uh, be in health, mm-hmm. be in good health, be in health, just as your soul prospers. Well, how are we going to prosper our soul? You've got to prosper your soul. You've got to get it. You've got to overshadow it with your spirit. Our spirit's got to grow. So we, if we want to do some work, our work is getting into the word and having a personal relationship with God to where our spirit is growing and growing past all of our natural feelings that we may have. And any feelings of lust with the flesh, we have to. And then God's, God is a spirit. He's going to speak to spirit. So if you want to hear God, you better start being in tune with your spirit. Okay? It's he speaks spirit to spirit. He's not speaking to your mind. He's not speaking to your body. Okay, he's speaking spirit to spirit. So we have got to get in tune and if we if if we're ignoring like that particular picture has a smaller spirit in it, you see. So that person may just obviously is saved and loves God, but doesn't know how to be in tune and let his spirit have dominion. And that's what we need to do. You know, we've been made a new creature. Thank God. Pray to God that everybody here is. If not, we can handle that this evening. (laughs) Okay, We'll take care of that. Because if not, he's still seeing your spirit, okay? And that's what you call a dead spirit, you see. So we need to be made an eternal life with Christ. So 1 Corinthians 6.11, and such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. We are sanctified and we are justified. We are redeemed. I mean, when we understand who we are, but we need to wash our soul and wash our body with the washing of the word. Okay, we need to wash and renew our mind. If you look in that picture, you'll see there's only one solid area. And then on the outside, it's like our soul and our body are not even attached to our spirit. Why do you think the Bible says there's a a dividing asunder? There's a wall. There's a wall between our spirit and our soul. And we know that our body, there's a wall between that, don't we? Okay, now, I mean, our spirit comes to us in bodily form, but I've had to do a lot of pondering and meditating on this because it's in it's kind of like our our mind doesn't think the way god thinks (laughs) thank god (laughs) but it's 3d because you can have a heart and it'll show you that you can have an evil heart and you can be a person if you look at some of these things that i list which some are spirits and some are fruits of the spirits Fear, unbelief, rebellion, stubbornness, idolatry, envy, selfishness, adultery, fornication, murder, stealing, coveting, deceit, lascivious, blasphemy, pride, anger, bitterness, wrath, rejection, offense. All of these different things can happen to a believer, a saved believer. And you're wondering, well, how can they be a believer when things things are happening? And if you do any of these things, you're like, how is this happening to me? And it's because you're not living in the Spirit. See, you're still a child of God. You're not a son of God because you're not being led by the Spirit. All right? So we need to understand we can, we can see rough people and, they, and we shouldn't be saying, huh, huh, I'm going to be judging them because guess what? That means you got some of those prongs pointing the finger <laughs> on your tree. <laughs> so we need to understand when you see other people We've got to start seeing them exactly like God sees them, the spirit only. So we don't know what their spirit is, but we know that their spirit is redeemed and justified and cleaned and pure right. We know this because it's sealed sealed by the Holy Spirit. So you do know that. So you know they've got this amazing spirit inside them, just like I have, okay? So we need to start looking at other people the exact same way. And we need to realize that these spirits and the fruit of some of these spirits, if the spirit's not of God, those fruits are kind of like just what we saw and just what I named. They are not spirits or fruit that are of God. So if they're not, it's time for us to work up our tree, right? (laughs) So... um, the most important I would tell you is unforgiveness. I mean, unforgiveness, I mean, there's just so many different things that can build up wall after wall after wall. Think about a person that maybe even as a child that did not receive enough love and then starts walking into unforgiveness and bitterness and maybe a little bit of resentment. And the next time it's anger and the next time It's wrath and violence, and it can go all the way up to murder, do you see? Because you're holding this type of thing in, and you may be thinking, oh, I forgave that person, but maybe you didn't follow the steps and the directions we have about bless this person, be good to this person, uh, pray for this person. Maybe we didn't release them to God because you're actually still holding them here even though you're not thinking about that person anymore. So there's a wall there, and then after you have that, you get rejection, and then you get fear, and then you see one after another type of layer comes off that we need to get off. Well, there's different ways to get these off. Um, One is deliverance, but if you're going to do just deliverance, um, and you're not going to heal somebody afterwards, you have, it's kind of like a scab. Uh, If I had a, a, a gash on my leg and a scab and I took the scab off, I got some raw skin there. Not good. It needs to be healed. We need to remember if we deliver someone, we need to be praying and teaching them the word. We need to not only pray for healing, but we need to try to be guiding that person on how to find inner healing with the Lord. So deliverance is important, but we also need to have Teach them. I mean, some people will teach you just grace. You know, walking in God's love and knowing His love will take away anything that you don't need to deliver. I mean, there's different ways of interpreting what is the right way. I love all the ways of, and they're all in the Bible. You know, you you know, the sign of a believer will cast out demons. So I mean, to me, I think we should just do it all, (laughs) not just one. walking in love now stop and think if i had a pitcher full of really dirty water and then i had a hose going in it with clean water that eventually the dirty water is going to go away so yes you can just by totally focusing on god only and walking in the right direction you can get cleaned out but sometimes there's some mud or some rocks in the bottom of there and you better have a pressure cleaner which means you better dig and dig into this word, you see. Sometimes you got to do heavy duty, and and you know what? A lot of people don't want to put the effort into what it takes, right? And sometimes it's good if you have somebody else and their hand will just kind of get in there and take some of these rocks out. So I like to make sure I try to help in all different ways because I'm going to tell you if you're going to pray for somebody, you're going to deliver someone, unless you're kind of sharing Christ with them and trying to continue or or. Teach them maybe a place to go. You know, here's a church for you. Let me see if I can have somebody contact you. You know, maybe I don't. You don't live with are at, and you, you know. In other words, don't leave them hanging, because now they have this wound that's still open, and you want to make sure that you kind of bring healing into their life, and they need to. And they need to be transformed. Okay, that's the most important thing: is to be transformed into another person. And the one thing that I will tell you is. It hit me when I see the middle of this because uh, just last week, when I was reading Joshua again, you know, you said to me, "Let it grow, Susan." Oh, he told me he'll tell me when, and I said, "No problem, because God will let you know when to let me give this work." And he goes, "Let it stew on you." You know what i Well, I started reading Joshua, and all of a sudden, the whole thing came alive to me. Now, you guys, I told you this happened to what four or five months ago, and. I've read that book. I can't even tell you how many times because I read that book since when Mike got the word to tell me to tear down the walls. So I started tearing down the walls exactly. Uh, I don't know if any of you have a ram's horn, but I do, and I love it. Mike give it to me for Christmas, but we need to understand what a spoken word is, what Rama means as a spoken word, everything was brought into existence. Everything in energy and everything in matter, solid matter, is made up from frequencies, okay? It's frequencies and light that make solid matter. And it's a big difference on, well, stop and think about how Jesus walked on the water He knew what to speak, he knew how to speak it with the right kind of deep faith that brought that water to solid water for him to walk on. You see that? So we need to understand and believe and know that spoken, anything spoken, and there's something that has to be in a ram's horn. Something has to be there because no matter when you read through the Bible, through that old testament. You're going to see how much it's used, the trumpets. The trumpets are going to be coming back with Christ, okay? That ram's horn is powerful, and when I pray with it, and when I walk seven times around my kitchen, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you know, there's faith, there's power behind it. And one thing that I can tell you is God was, he promised the promised land to them, didn't he? He promised them the promised land. He promised it to us too, and guess where it is? We got it. Our promise is our spirit. That circle right there is our spirit. Um, before I move forward, I left something. Now, would you show that one photo, the broken one? I, I want to kind of back up here. So I was pulling up to a furniture store, and I had just seen this about a week or so ago. And I pulled up to it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Because I mean, I see palm trees all the time, so do you guys, 300 a day, 500 a day, right? But it didn't mean anything to me when I see it until all of this. This is somebody that's trying to tear their walls down. Is that amazing? And I saw that, I got out of my car, and I was just like, I was practically in tears, and, but joyful tears. I mean, I was so excited. Somebody else thought, really? She's taking a picture of that? <laughs> You know, but that's exciting. Somebody is tearing down their walls, and that's what we need to do. So I wanted to tell you something about Joshua tearing down the walls, and when I realized what it is, the spoken word is word is powerful. But what you're going to find going through it, sometimes being silent is more powerful. <laughs> okay, so Second Corinthians ten four, for the weapons of our war- warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power. To destroy strongholds we only have one weapon in our armor that is offensive and that's the word of god and it's powerful enough to tear down strongholds okay so the word of god is how we're going to tear down these walls you see that and you can do it. And if you look at that picture, this should give you a lot of hope because I don't know about you, but to me, it makes me want to just take my fingers and dig them out because I can see layer by layer by layer of how these can just be pulled right down. Can't you see it? Take one wall at a time. Work on one thing at a time and get rid of it and go to the next wall. Right? You know, just take it down one wall at a time. And so um, I know. So let's go to the next. Um, So I'm going to go to um, the next page there where it says Joshua breaking down the walls. When I was reading this, these, I'm not going to read the whole story, but I hope when you get home you want to read this and you start at Joshua 1. And there's so much more that I'm not even going to go. There's so much depth there that you keep going, you keep going, and it's just amazing what you'll see. But here's, here's the directions of what God gave them on how to bring the walls down. First, he said, be a strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, for I am with you. So we need to know, no matter where you're at, you're carrying the victor inside of you, okay? No matter where you're going, you're never alone. No matter how many walls you have up, no matter how many battles you feel like you're fighting, you're never alone. Do not let this, this word depart out of your mouth. So you have to make sure that every day you're speaking the Word of God. It can't depart from you. You have to... You know, you can get yourself away. I know if I am not listening to the Word for a few days, not reading the Word for a few days, all of a sudden I have to start watching my own mouth, and I'm backtracking. It's like, how could just a few days have this happen to me? I mean, I may be speaking and talking to God, But I have to be actually speaking the word. I have to be hearing the word. I have to be reading the word. I mean, I just, it's like, it's almost like air to me. I have to have it to survive. You help your brethren possess the land I have given them. Then you go back and possess your land and rest. See, God told Joshua, go and get everyone to the territory of where I promised them in the promised land. And then you come back and possess your own land. And, and I can tell you if you got some problems in your life and you got all those walls, if you go out and tear down walls with somebody else, your walls are going to start falling down. Yeah. They're right. You got to stop thinking about your walls. Mm-hmm. You just got to get your mind off of your walls and just start helping other people tear down their walls. You don't have to wait until you have no walls to do this, you guys. Okay? We Sometimes it's easier to see the faults in somebody else, right? You may be having them yourself and you don't even notice, okay? But so we need to actually be out there and helping them and praying them and leading them in the right direction. So then they went and they went and found Rahab and they found protection in Rahab. They went into the city. They found somebody inside of where the enemy was and they're going to use... Someone from the inside to help them win this battle. You see that? That's what they did. So if you want to do deliverance on someone, they better agree with you. Because you can deliver them, Christ in you, and in Jesus' name can kick that enemy out. And that devil's gone, but it really just stopped manifesting. It's going to come right back if that person doesn't agree. Sometimes you're trying to help someone and you can be spinning your wheels because they're not agreeing with you. Okay, they're, they're not ready. So you need to, or maybe you just need to give them a little bit of the word first and bring them to Christ to where they will agree. All right? So you have to find someone on the inside. And, and when it's you, you should be agreeing. And if you're not agreeing, you're wasting a lot of time. You're probably trying to take some walls down in your own flesh. And you're wearing yourself out. Because if you're not listening to your spirit and agreeing in your spirit, in your spirit. If you're not giving your spirit any chance to say, I'm going to try to win this battle with my spirit. You see, you're trying now to do it with your soul and your flesh, and you're not going to get your walls down, or they may come right back up. So you've got to get inside your spirit. This is where your protection is. Then the Ark of the Covenant was going with them. All right, so that was God. I always call that God in a box when I'm at the park. Because that's basically, they had God going with them. So I always want to make, when I make decisions, I want to make sure I'm praying first. All right? Pray on your decisions. Make sure you're in tune and you're listening to God. Because sometimes what you may pray may not be what God's wanting you to be praying for them. That's why, you guys, we are so blessed with tongues. (laughs) So amazingly blessed with tongues. Because you can't go wrong. And you know, even if you're around someone, you can say tongues so quietly under your breath. Trust me, I know how to do it very quietly. <laughs> I can cast out demons under my breath. I can, all around, nobody knows what I'm doing. I'm on a Bluetooth, anyways. They just think I'm on the phone. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Just wear a Bluetooth. Everybody thinks you're on the phone. So. Just make sure you're agreeing that God, that you're listening to him when you go. Okay, sanctify yourselves. Okay, they walked through the River Jordan. God raised the waters for them to go through. What he was doing was baptizing them. What did he do with Moses in the Red Sea? He baptized them. What did he do with Noah? He baptized the whole earth and baptized everyone. When God wants to make a change in your life, he wants you cleansed. And he wants you to make sure that you are baptized, that you're totally... And even, you know, us and our family, we need to be baptized and cleansed. And, and God goes out of his way to do that to his people, doesn't he? It's, it's, baptism is important to him. Then he said, circumcise all. Well, with us right now, back then, they had to be circumcised to be set apart. That's sanctified. That's how they were sanctified. Now, we're sanctified when we bring Christ in us. So before we're facing some of these battles, if you want to tear walls down, whether for you or for somebody else, you better be set aside. I tell you this much, I don't want to be doing deliverance if I wasn't set aside and sanctified with God. That would be pretty scary, wouldn't it? Then he said "took he took one shoe off the holy ground. That's the law of the loose shoe, which I had to do some study of that one. That was pretty cool to me. That's why I threw it in here. It's like... I, the." So Moses, remember, he had to take both shoes off because what they were going through, God needed to be carrying them. You know, he needed to be walking in God's shoes. Now, the reason he took one shoe off is because the tradition was back then, if you were going to take on a land that was a kinsman and you had to take the property for a kinsman because only men could do it, women couldn't do that. So the kinsmen that went to take the land for him, they traded a shoe. And that meant by trading of a shoe, I can now redeem that property. Well, remember, God promised that to the parents. They didn't get to go because they'd wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So he had to take a shoe off to trade it. So we we are more blessed, you see. But you see, we have a promised land inside us. You see, we need to understand We have to ask Christ to come into our life to receive the promised land. The promised land is the kingdom of God. And if you don't know what the kingdom of God is, you haven't been coming to this church. Right? Okay. So the kingdom of God is inside of you. The kingdom of God is within you. So we have the kingdom of God in us. So people will, you're going to see everything I just showed you on the first page, and you're going to say, oh, that's the kingdom of God. I'm a believer. But that's because that person is not living in the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. It's within your spirit. So that circle on the inside is where the kingdom is. If you want to know where the kingdom of God is, just start giving your spirit dominion in your life. And now you have found the kingdom of God. That's where it is. Okay, then he said, march around the city for six days, blowing the ram's horn, but he said no talking. You see, they weren't walking around the city praying. See, we could do that if you had tongues. They <laughs> were not giving the, get the tongues, <laughs> okay? But see, sometimes no talking is important. Sometimes you probably have been in situations where you feel like, um, sometimes it's hard To know when you're praying, and I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's hard to pray without doubt, even though I know I can't. Sometimes when it's really personal and something's, you know, really drastic, it's like, I have to go to tongues. Mm -hmm. I know when I was going through with what my sister was, I would stand for hours and hours in that hospital, and English just could not come out of me, (laughs) okay? It had to be tongues, all right? So... We need to understand, and sometimes, and I also learned an important lesson Then I had to keep my mouth mouth shut because here I am praying for one thing. I am believing for one thing. And then, you know, I get a report and I'm talking and what's coming out of my mouth? (laughs) Oh my gosh, forgive me, God. I'm back over here. The doctor leaves and now I'm back to praying again. Do you, I mean, are you following me? Is anybody following me? And it's in a lot of situations. You can find yourself, saying something about somebody and you're praying for that person. You need to be quiet because what comes out, you know, the tongue cannot be tamed, okay? So it's very important. Sometimes we have to keep our mouth shut, but the things that do need to come out are very important because that's how powerful frequency is when it comes out and lands, what you, what you say, you can have. Sometimes you get what you said, and you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Am I right? So we need to understand how powerful that that is. So six days stands for the symbol of man. Um, so. Man was the one doing the walking, so God was having them doing the one blowing the ram's horn and them being quiet. Man sometimes has to do something, okay? We have to stop talking about, you know, stop mumbling and grumbling. That's probably one of the hardest things that I, I have to still work on. I think I can do it, and then I find myself again, again. Just shut up, Susan, you know? Um, so we have to, as man... Six days, do you see he's trying to say this is you? This six to six is representing us. We have to stop talking, and when you do talk, it better be of value. Um, So that's basically what that is. And then on the seventh day, everything was good on the seventh day. Everything was come to completion on the seventh day. The walls came down on the seventh day. Again, now seven times... To complete it, they're walking around the city, only blowing the ram's horn. I look at that as maybe speaking in tongues, okay? Only of God's language, right, coming out of us. Only of God's language coming out, bringing it to completion, and the walls came down. So sometimes it's important to speak but not speak <laughs> at all the same time. So this is hard for us. We may think it's easy. We can all say it. We can all say what the directions are and what we need to do. But God actually made them physically do this, and that's, that's the way it happened, you know? Okay, so I don't know if any of you have heard of John Kehoe. I hadn't, but I got on the internet, and I don't even know how I got to... I, I was studying frequencies, you know? I was reading about it, and... So this is a man that studies the power of the mind. Now, there's a lot out there. You can get into a very, you can go into the occult with this, okay? The power of the mind and what they can do and levitate because the mind is very, very powerful. But what caught me on this was when he says, you know, faith. So let me read this. Before I discuss what faith is, it might be easier to begin by briefly discussing what it is not. Faith does not involve religious dogma, although some refer to their religion as their faith, nor is it a blind acceptance of a set of rules and belief. Faith is something far beyond beliefs. Faith is a vibration of energy. You know, we always talk about faith is the power. Do you understand? Faith is the substance of hope. Hope has no substance. Hope is a wish, basically. Do you understand that? It has nothing. It has no value to it. It's like, it's like buying a lottery t- ticket. <laughs> Do you get that? Okay, you have to put faith to it to give it substance. And I love the way it's, it's the evidence of the things not yet seen. Well, you haven't seen it yet because if you did see it, you wouldn't need faith. But it's evidence, you guys. Faith is an evidence. That means it's going to happen. And if it's not going to happen, it's because you didn't have faith. You had hope. You see that? you got to have the faith. Now this man that has power in his mind understands that there's something more powerful than mind. And he knows it's faith. Faith is a vibration of energy and it is probably the most powerful and yet most misunderstood energy. This man knows this. This man doesn't even believe in God, okay? that we have available to us as human beings. So he knows this. So he'll tell you, oh, I have faith in, you know, the sun rising. I have faith in my mind. That's one of the things he believes in. You see, he has, he has faith, which is like a knowing. He knows how to take energy and how to direct it. But guess what? He doesn't have what we have. He doesn't have the real power. He, doesn't even, he knows it's the most misunderstood and most powerful energy on the earth. But yet, he doesn't even have it. So when I saw this, I thought, this is amazing. You know why? Because he studies the mind. Faith doesn't come from the mind. It comes from the spirit. He's trying to have faith with a spirit that's not even alive. You can you imagine how much energy you can have with a spirit that's alive. So many times in the Bible, you're gonna read about our heart. Our heart can have evil thoughts and our heart can have good thoughts, right? And that's because God surrounds us with our spirit like in a three-dimensional way. But it's hard for me to describe this. So if you're not living in the spirit, you can have evil thoughts come out of your heart. It's that simple, you see it? Your heart has to live in the spirit too. So even though that your heart is surrounded by the Holy Spirit, if you're not being led by the Spirit, even in your heart, you can have all these evil thoughts come out of you. You can study and read the Word of God every single solitary day of your life, and you can repeat it, but that doesn't mean that you're actually living in the Spirit. Look, this man here that knows the mind has spent his life knowing the mind. The most important value in a whole wide eternity for him he hasn't even dug into you see that he understands energy he quantumly speaking he understands it all when i can uh, can i spell quantum maybe yes and maybe not do you see what i'm saying it's like quantumly speaking do i understand cells do i understand that when i speak that something can happen if i have faith behind it that matter can change it can change Your DNA can physically change because of the power inside of your spirit that you're believing. You can change anything on your body physically when you understand what energy actually is. Why do you think this man spent his whole life with the power of mind? Because once he started studying into it and he's thinking, oh my gosh, I've found a source of power that most of the world doesn't know about. Okay? What about some of these people that levitate? Mind. Why aren't we, who have so much more energy, than using our mind? Because that's not where the power is. It's inside our spirit, and God knows it's all. See what what faith is. What um, what it is is its potential energy. It's energy that's stored. Faith is more than confidence. Confidence comes from what you can see and experience. Faith also has the wisdom of our intuition, which draws upon the higher spiritual laws. Uh, I, this next sentence I got from... I don't... I'm not sure who I got it. And, um, I, I listened to several different people, but uh, the electrical field as measured... Actually, this one I got online... But I've tried to study a lot with people that try to, like scientists, who understand science and the body, but yet are believers also. Our electrical field, as measured in an electrocardiogram, is about 60 times greater in amplitude than the brain waves. So you guys, 60 times times more powerful, coming from our heart. But a heart that's being led from the Spirit, I wonder how many times it is. That's just a heart that man's measuring from. This is a natural heart. This is scientific. So stop and think about a heart. Well, we know what it is. Why do you think all these miracles happen? It's beyond what we can measure. Faith is amazing. Faith, and when we know who we are, is what's going to change our whole life, and it's going to bring all those walls down. It's being led by the Spirit, knowing and believing what's inside of you. When you finally believe who you are, and we sing this song, and that song brings us great joy, and it even and it makes you think, who am I? Who am I? I know who I am. We need to say that over and over. I know who I am. I know who I am. I, the, I, I have to look at this picture a lot because I've giving my life to Christ and I want to spend my life doing what he wants me to and if it's helping others I need to see this circle on the inside only and I need to know that everything on the outside there is walls that can be torn down that there's not one single person that's hopeless and that and that even when they're standing there Because I will tell you, sometimes a person can seem really, really strong. You think they're confident. You think they're strong. You may even think think they're strong in the Lord, okay? But it may be a small spirit in them because they can put up a really good front, right? A very good front of who they are. Um, But it also is the only reason they're putting up a front is because they have walls guarding their heart. We need to have a very thin, crispy wall Just like the biscuits, the crispy little crunchy wall. (laughs) Okay, we need to have a little bit of protection around our heart. But that's it. We do not need these layers and layers and layers. So, anyways, I hope this this helps you see not only who you are, but, well, because God only said it to me one time about five or six years ago, I want you to see my children through my eyes. And, I mean, I feel like I hear it thousands of times so he either reruns it in my mind over and over and over again and now he gives me a visual so i think he's trying to get his point across right (laughs) it's like okay okay i got it i'll plaster it everywhere (laughs) until i only see the spirit you know so anyways i want to thank you guys for uh giving me the opportunity to share i don't know what i want to thank you pastor because Sometimes when he just gives me something, it's just like, i got to share it. It's just like, i got to release it. It, it, it. His word is for us to share. That's, that's what it's for. It helps each and every one of us to grow. So I want to thank you very much. <laughs> dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you.